summer day when I kissed you and called you sweetheart I do the chairs in your parlor seem empty and bare do you gaze at your ball head and wish you had hair it's <laughs> with pain Shall I come back <laughs> Tell me dear Are you lonesome <laughs> Oh Lord, Lord I wonder <laughs> You know someone said The world's a stage and each must play a part <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh man, I tell you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I had no cause to doubt you. <laughs> Swing it, baby. <laughs> Shall I come back again? Tell me, dear, are you lonesome? <laughs> Is your heart filled with pain? Shall I come back again? Tell me, dear. <laughs> Are you awesome tonight? Now I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're our teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful like look. Did that voice inside you say I've heard it all before? Like deja vu all over again. It is Monday, May 15th, 2023, and you are at jconline.com. I'm doing a lot of talking today. A lot of laughing too. It is interesting when you listen to that Elvis thing. They always say laughter is contagious, and it's true. Even if uh, you're in a restaurant and the table next to you is just laughing their asses off over something stupid, you might have sort of a gut level visceral reaction where you're like, "Wish these guys would just shut up." But but your initial reaction still is to give a little grin, like, "What is so freaking funny over there?" It's like Billy Joel says, "We might be laughing a bit too loud, but that." never hurt no one all right well again as has been the case so many times in the past i have been summoned to save 
St. Louis Broadcasting. We did our first show this morning on K-Wolf at 101.5 and 101.7. And I hope everybody understands now, uh, by now, what's going on here. It's a simulcast. It means that our signal in the Westplex, and that's out, you know, in Warrington and St. Peter's and St. Charles and all that. You start getting out to that area out there. Our signal only goes so far. So we got another signal, and that's right in the heart of St. Louis County, and that's at 101.5. So it's real simple. If you live out west, try us at 101.7. If you're in the city or Metro East or South County, North County, try us at the brand new 101.5. And if you're like, well, I never heard of that station, there's a good reason for it because it never existed before. We just started it up a couple of days ago and we are programming Rocket Americana and the first show went actually much better than I thought it was going to go today. The problem is I was so worked up about it last night. I didn't get nervous or anything, but I get excited. And, of course, I couldn't sleep. And then, of course, the alarm goes off at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, no, no. Last time I had to get up that early in the morning was like to drive somebody to the airport. And there's an upside and downside. People used to ask me that all the time. So you get up at like 4 o'clock, you're done at 10 on the air rarely did we used to get out of the old place before oh you know one or two o'clock in the afternoon once in a while though we'd be there till like three or four in the afternoon none of that though it's a new world everything's computerized and don't even need a whole radio station don't even need a building anymore to put one on the air and so even though we do have a building (laughs) actually made of bricks and everything not a tent there's a famous radio station in St. Charles back in the 70s called Curl, K-I-R-L. And it was one of those stations you was on AM. You could hear it during the day and at night. You didn't stand much of a chance. And the old building is still there. It's out on, I think it's out on 94. Like if you take the ferry from St. Charles County over to Grafton, you go right past it. And for a long time, it was a trailer. It was the weirdest thing. It was a trailer next to a transmitter people would go that can't be a radio station there it's like yes it can oh god i worked in a place in flint michigan that just looked like you know someplace you would store yard equipment you know rakes and lawnmowers and stuff and of course the legendary Casey on watson road you guys might have thought that it had a charm to it because it was like right in the neighborhood and it wasn't some big fancy ass building but let me just tell you something you didn't want to work in there evidenced by the fact the management people were in a nice office up at the top of the hill. And there was, that, that was partially nice because you knew that the management people were up the hill in another building. And if they were coming, you could see them coming. And everybody would start yelling, here they come! And everybody would like, you know, pick up a broom or something just to look busy. But there's just certain structures in St. Louis. And I'm all for maintaining the integrity of historic old buildings. I think that's a great thing. But I still remember there was this outfit called the Arena Angels back in the 90s, I guess it was, when the Keel Center, which became the Sky Trade Center, and on and on it goes. I remember there was some guy who came, you know, Frank Viverito did a great job, St. Louis Sports Commission, and he would get all these second-tier sports to come in, you know, because you got baseball and you got hockey and things like that, football sometimes. But then you had all that other stuff like swimming and wrestling and gymnastics, And you might not have liked the idea that I call it second tier, but it is. It isn't if you're doing it, but 
if you look at the money involved and the size of the crowds and all that sort of stuff, I'm sorry, I live in the real world. It's second tier. But it's still fun and exciting. It brings in tremendous amounts of revenue. And for years and years and years, Frank Viverito would get, you know, he'd get like the final four or something like that. And I still remember some of the players who came in on the bus when the old arena was there. And as they were pulling in, the guys were like, we're not playing in there, are we? And again, it was sort of like the old Bush Stadium. The parts that you saw looked really nice. There's still some people who can't understand why they knocked down the old Bush Stadium. And it's like, because the parts that you saw, I agree, looked beautiful, looked wonderful. They did everything they could with that place. But all go behind any of the doors in any of the offices or underneath the stadium where you have all the storage and the batting cages and, you know, that sort of stuff. Every time it would rain, there would just like cascading water coming through the place. But the old arena, man, it's like Bob Plager said. They used to have a contest every week. They would get pins, and they would go and stick the biggest cockroach, and then they would stick it in the corkboard, and they would have a little prize for the person who got the biggest... <laughs> we got the biggest cockroach of the week. And these arena angels like tried to form a human chain around the place when they were going to knock it down. They're like, oh, we'll go down with it. I'm like, no, you're not. Get the hell off the property. You're on private property here. And they all stood there and wept as the place came crashing down. I always said, I thought what was going to happen is they would implode the thing and emerging from the rubble and all of the dust that raises up into the air when you implode a building. I just picture it's like a two-story rat popping up out of the rubble and, you know, just go waddling down Highway 40, swatting cars out of the way. Some places need to come down. The old Bush Stadium, the old arena... There's a couple of Burger Kings I could put on the list. Anyhow, like I said, the good news is we're up and running with the new radio station, and I'll be on every morning. So it's two ways to piss you off every day. Once on the radio show on 101.5 and 101.7 K-Wolf, Rock and Americana, and then, of course, right here on the podcast, which, as always, we'll publish at 11 a.m. Because I don't want to go up against myself. That would be stupid. Uh, we used to do a feature on the old K-Hits morning show called Who Did John, Mac, and JCC? And the idea was that we would come in on Monday morning and talk about our weekend adventures. Because back in those days, I mean, we got invited to everything and we were always traveling and running around and emceeing things and doing all sorts of stuff. Everybody on the show really had a second job really sort of out there representing the radio station, doing public relations and speaking engagements. John, of course, the public address announcer at Bush Stadium. Carl, the guy who runs all of the music and all the sound effects and all that cool stuff during the blues games and all sorts of stuff like that. So we had exciting things to talk about. And we got a uh, an optometrist to sponsor the segment. Hey, who did John, Mac, and JC see? Can you get there? All right. And we would sort of take inventory. I'd just look around the room off the air and just say, okay, John, you got anything? No, I didn't really do anything exciting. Okay. Laurie Mack, how about you? Oh, yeah. I got a good one. And then Carl or Jen Sparks, whoever it was, would say, I might even have a better one than that. I go, okay, fine. We'll build then. We'll start by teasing John about the fact that he never left the house. 
and then we'll go on to Carl, and we'll go on to Lori. You know, it would be one of those things where, as you did the show over a period of time, you would understand what your job was in this segment. You got to tell some sort of story that has like a beginning and a middle and an end, and usually something that was very, very funny or dramatic or impressive or whatever. Lori Mack was in a play once where she had to kiss John Hamm. Pretty good story. Carl, his lifelong ambition is to set foot on every continent in the world. And I think he's done it in like five or six of them already. John always had a close relationship with the Cardinal players. So, you know, sometimes he'd be working out with one of the Cardinal players out in the Chesterfield Valley somewhere. And then who knows what I would bring to the table, but I'd usually have a good story. And again, that's the point. Well, Channel 4 suspiciously is doing a segment every Monday morning now that really looks like who did John Mack and JCC. They just don't call it that. But what do they do? They come in and they talk about their weekend. The only problem is they don't get it. The idea is not to just go on like Laura Hedegar and go, well, then I called my mother and let's see. And then I took care of the baby. You guys do know I had a baby, right? And then I got married. I'm a married mother. Laura Hedegar can die now if she wants because she has achieved the absolute pinnacle of everything she ever thought she would be in the world and wanted to be and that is to have a baby and be a mother she's already there but it doesn't stop her from putting us through her dull boring life the idea is not to just go on and go well, then i talked to my mother again and then we took the baby to the park and then i called my mother again it's like oh for christ's sakes hand it off to somebody who can tell some story Matt Chambers comes on, well, let's see, I had three more babies, and I put on another 20 pounds. And then Kent, the only person with any real talent on that show, tries to mop up. See, people try to steal from you, and they think they're stealing, but they might be stealing the nuts and bolts of it, but they're not stealing the essence because they don't know that there is an essence. Ah, the hell with everybody. Speaking of everybody, I think it's possible now that everybody hates CNN. Everybody hates him. People who used to hate him, hate him more. People who used to like him, hate him. And you would think that the guy who was over there running Colbert's show probably had some idea of what he was doing in television, but running a late-night comedy show and being the president of a news network? I'm, I'm, I'm still not even sure how that happened or what they thought they were getting in terms of experience and how he would use that experience to try to fix up CNN a little bit. It's made it worse. I still like Anderson Cooper, and uh, I sort of have a thing for Kate Baldwin, but that's another story. But how bad is CNN right now? How bad is CNN? They got me watching MSNBC. That's how bad it is. I don't want to watch that either. Sort of liking some of that stuff on News Nation. We made homemade pizza on Friday night <laughs> talking about an exciting story. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my wife's been out of town for over two weeks, uh, family issues back in St. Louis. So my daughter is 13 now, and I've been trying to figure things out to do, and one of the things I try to do is cook. And I can't really cook, but I've been watching how to make pizza. And as far as I'm concerned, the whole key to making a decent homemade pizza is the dough. And one of the grocery stores down here sells dough, and they, they even sell it tossed. They have it folded over into a square, but you take it home, you let it warm up a little bit, and then you unfold it, and it's round. That's half the battle. So now you put your flour down on whatever sort of pallet or sheet that you're using, you put that down, and then you put cornmeal down. 
And the cornmeal keeps the palate slippery so that when it's time to slide it into the other, there's a really funny um, a video on Facebook about uh, this woman, and she made this beautiful looking pizza. Man, it was really, really good. And when she tried to give her that little jerking movement to slide it off the palate and onto the grates of the oven, she didn't have enough flour and cornmeal on it. So when she jerked it, the dough stayed on the pellet and all the toppings went flying off and into the oven. It was hilarious. So I like to learn from other people's mistakes and stupidity. So I put lots of cornmeal and lots of um, flour and slid it in and it came out perfect, perfect. Even my daughter who, you know, at almost 14, turns her nose up at pretty much everything. She sort of turned around and looked at me like, how the hell did you do this? You can't cook. So that was, uh, if nothing else, a, a big moral victory. But I got I got to tell you something about cornmeal. It's like sand. Now you go to the beach, come home, take a shower, towel off, lay down, take a nap. You get up from the nap, and there's sand all over the top of the bed. It's like Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana. Hey, did that come out of me? Yes, it did. I get in your ears and in your crevices. And you know, a lot of people at the beach, I don't have to tell you, have a lot of crevices. But I'm telling you, we made that pizza on Friday. I was in the kitchen last night and still found a big big pile of cornmeal. (laughs) So I just sat there in a lawn chair and wiggled my toes in it. I was playing pretend. I was going to play this for you last week, but I ran out of time. Me TV runs The Love Boat. I think it's on Sunday afternoons. And I always record it because it's amazing when you stop to think that this passed for entertainment. 40, 50 years ago. Like the guests yesterday were Scatman Crothers and Bobby Sherman. Easy come and easy go. But two weeks ago, this one aired and Fred Grandy, former United States congressman from Iowa, or was he a senator? He was a politician. What's the difference? So his character is Gopher. And then they had Mackenzie Phillips from One Day at a Time, And the setup is that she shows up on the boat. Gopher starts firing on her, which is interesting because on those cruise ships, there's always people hooking up, but most of them are hooking up with each other. They're not hooking up with the guests that often. And I guess it is forbidden, but people do it all the time. And I guess the attitude is, if you're going to do it, just don't do it in front of our faces. Do it behind closed doors. So like I said, it's not like it's supposed to be opening. If you're uh, one of the staff of a cruise ship, you're not really supposed to be dancing with some single chick let alone doing anything else with her and you have no idea how poorly the the staff on the cruise ships are treated oh my god it's terrible they got them working like seven days a week they're in these little rooms you know when you when you book a cruise you have an opportunity to have a window or no window everybody's like look Whatever you have to do, figure out some way to get the money to get the window because if you don't have it, you're going to go nuts. You're in an interior room. The rooms are so small. You're going to get claustrophobic, and it's just don't do it. Well, that's where they put all the staff in those interior rooms. Everybody thinks it's so glamorous. It's the same thing with, like, flight attendants, as, like, Dennis Miller said. Well, just in my everyday life, I have to say this, JC. I think flight attendants should lighten up. <laughs> I know it's a tough job. There's got to be a thousand different ways to tie that neckerchief, but why take it out on me? And you know, the worst thing about it is they don't even tell you how much they hate you. They treat you with that highly contrived air of mock civility, that 
tight, pursed-lipped grin where they nod mild agreement at everything you say. You know right behind that faceplate, they barely tolerate your very existence. <laughs> I'd rather they just come out in the open and say, hey, listen, when I was 18 years old, I made a horrible vocational error. I turned my entire adult life in for cheap airfare to Barbados, and now I've got hair the tensile strength of Elsa Lancaster. I haven't met Mr. Right. I'm a waitress in a bad restaurant at 37,000 feet. Take your diet slice and jam it. <laughs> Hi, this is Dennis Miller, and when I'm in St. Louis, I listen to JC and the Breakfast Club. So I guess JC stands for just cock, huh? And don't you forget it. That's when Dennis Miller was doing commentary on Monday Night Football. We had him on to talk about that, so we play the Monday Night Football theme. But I'll tell you something else about the cruise ships, these dirty little secrets. They have a jail on the boat. They got a jail. And I'm thinking, what would you have to do as a passenger to get thrown in jail? And, you know, what are the laws? I mean, you're out in the open waters. I'm not really sure what laws apply and what laws don't apply. That might be valuable information at some point. But I'm telling you one thing, if some guy on a boat tried to throw me in a jail on the boat, I don't know how happy I would be about that. Well, it turns out when you start digging a little deeper, you find out the people in the jail are usually employees because people become so batty by the workload and just how constricted everybody is. You have all these rules, and then you're going to go back to your little room, which is the size of a shoebox, and you decide to have a few drinks to sort of numb the pain. And the next thing you know, love boat jail. I've been on two cruises. I don't expect to take a third, because that's the other thing about it, too. You know, you have to be back on the boat like four or five in the afternoon. You don't show up, it takes off. Leaves your sorry ass standing there Montego Bay. So I remember, you know, it was dinner time. It was like 6.30 or something, and I'm in a suit. And I'm looking out the windows of the boat, and I can see the coastline of Mexico. And I'm thinking to myself, right now, all those places with the lights, those are all clubs and restaurants, and everybody's eating authentic Mexican food. And there's people dancing. There's beautiful ladies dressed up in skimpy outfits, shaking stuff all over the place, getting up on the bar, dancing on the bar. And I'm sitting here on a boat with the Wilson family from Lima, Ohio, who thinks that their life is fascinating. And they put down a plate of pork chops. I don't get it. And then you had these horrible stories about diseases breaking out on the boat, the whole COVID thing. Then there seems to be no rules. They can say, well, we know that you were on a one-week cruise, but somebody in the government said that uh, as long as we got all these sick people on here, we can't dock this thing. So you're stuck on the boat for a month, and you are powerless. You know what else is powerless? Your room, because the power went out, and the refrigeration is down, and the food is rotting, and the toilets are backed up, and the whole place stinks, and everybody's sick, and you have no way to get off the boat. Unless you've got a friend with a helicopter who can come in, land on the pad, and take your sorry ass away. Where's Alan Barklage when you need him? Anyhow, back to the love boat. you got Gopher, and then you've got one of the cruise guests, Mackenzie Phillips. And Gopher is about to get the surprise of his life. Gopher, it's getting late. Uh, I should be turning in. No, 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 wait a minute. Let me see. College. Uh, let's see. Rachel Johnson. Rachel Johnson. Oh, that's funny. I had a roommate my freshman year named Ray Johnson. Oh, wait a minute. Rachel Johnson. I'll bet you're Ray's sister, right? Of course I see it now. You got the same eyes and the same nose. Except you're a lot prettier than he is. Ray Johnson's sister, 
Uh, can we continue this conversation tomorrow, please? Well, why? I mean, you are Ray's sister, right? Hey, wait a minute. Ray's all right, isn't he? Gopher. Gopher. I am Ray. It's the truth. I'm your old college roommate, Ray Johnson. You'll have to excuse Gopher. He's got so much to learn about women. <laughs> the circumstances, I think you were right in not getting involved. After all, I don't know too much about these kinds of people. However, um, excuse me, sir, what do you mean by these kinds of people? You know, different. What do you mean by different? She is the same person. Oh, come on, go for really? She is, except that she probably has more guts than both you and I combined. I mean, do you have any idea what she probably had to go through before she even reached the decision she did? The strings of doctors and, and the, the tests that you have to take and who knows what else? Not to mention the pure physical and emotional pain of the whole thing. This takes courage. You really sound as if you admire her. I do. And I resent your implication that I should just desert my friend. Looking all over this ship for you. Lounge, Pirate's Cove, your cabin. I bet you didn't find me. No. Are you going to jump ship? Yep. Just like that? Nothing in my life has ever been just like that. Gopher, this is very difficult to explain. But I want you to understand. I never felt right as a man. Never. I was always more comfortable with women. I identified with them more wanted to be like them. So, I finally made a decision. Are you happy? Very happy. I've never regretted it, not for a minute. Well, at least not until this cruise. I guess I was wrong. I guess I was wrong to think that I could combine my past and my present. Are you crazy? Just give up on a friendship that has taken years to build? I take that as a personal insult. I liked you as a man. Go for it. Quiet, lady. We were good friends in college. We had a lot of laughs together. Now, why shouldn't I like you just because you're... Just because you're a woman? Hmm? Yesterday, you weren't so sure. Yesterday, I had a big surprise. Today, I'm surprised at myself. I'm not surprised at you. You've made a decision about what you're going to do with your life. And I just hope it's a good decision. You're not saying all this just because you feel sorry for me, are you? No. I don't feel sorry for you at all. However, if you had left this ship without giving me a chance to say what I came here to say tonight, yes, then I would feel sorry for me. I'm very lucky to have a friend like you. No. Mm -mm. I'm the lucky one. Because I used to know Ray. And now I'm going to get to know Rachel. I know when they did that, it was intended to be wholesome and altruistic and admirable. The whole thing in 2023 comes off as a little on the kinky side. You want to see that video, by the way? It's on my Facebook page, The Showgram with J.C. Corcoran. It was on this date, 1998, that for whatever reason, Newt Gingrich, Newt Gingrich showed up at the Weather Channel and they put him on and they let him do the weather.
We had Norm MacDonald in the studio on this date in 1998. And in 2009, I was celebrating my 25th anniversary in St. Louis. And you'll recall we had the hats and we had book signings and we had all sorts of cool stuff. We played back all these highlights from way, way back in the day. All this these scratchy, awful recordings of the first couple of shows from the old morning zoo with me and John, but it was sounded like hell, but it was still funny. And so we uh, partnered up with the Salvation Army to be able to raise some money in conjunction with the 25th anniversary. And part of the deal meant that I was now able to go out and throw out the first pitch at a Cardinal game. So it was a Friday night game. Weather forecast didn't look too good, but John and I worked out this thing where, you know, he's the announcer, he's down on the field, and he's like, you know, all right, celebrating his 25th anniversary, it's Jay-Z Gorgren, and he gets to throw out the ceremonial first pitch. There is J.C., wave to him. Okay, please stop the booing, everybody. Now, um, let's see who's going to be his catcher, and that catcher is, oh my goodness, it's me. And we had it worked out, so John picked up a uh, catcher's mitt and then ran over, left his microphone, ran over behind home plate, and I wound up, and I threw a strike right down the middle to John, and they went back to the microphone. People thought it was great. You know why? Because it was. And the president of the programming division for the company came in to town and took me to lunch and gave me this big speech about, you know, how proud they are of me to be on the air for 25 years in St. Louis and... We would really like it if you finished your career out with this company. I was like, well, that's 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 very nice. I don't see why that couldn't happen. This, of course, 2009, May 15th. Four months later, after giving me that speech, four months later, I walked in and they was like, <laughs> we're, we're canceling your show. Company's about to go out of business and we got to cut costs like, like by 40%. There were six people that got laid off that week six the previous week and then after that you don't even want to know the place used to be about 130 people now it's something like 27 same number of radio stations same amount of work whatever he's doing like six jobs now we want you to finish out your career with this company they didn't say it was going to be four months Got some showbiz news here. Johnny Depp just signed a 20 million three-year deal to continue as the face of Dior's Sauvage Cologne. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly. The only stuff I use is Banana Republic. But Johnny Depp, $20 million deal. Meanwhile, Amber Heard is trying to work out a deal with OxyClean. That's the stuff that takes stains out of your bedspread. Jason Sudeikis' character, Ted Lasso, was supposed to be a lot more belligerent but he said Donald Trump's emergence on the political scene is what changed all of that. He said, it was like, boy, I don't want to add to this. The actual bar for the set of Cheers is on the auction block. George Went, John Ratzenberger, Norman Cliff got together to see it off. Current bid, $100,000. Jamie Foxx, who knows what's going on? You know, one minute he's near death, now his daughter's saying, no, he's out playing pickleball. I'm tired of, I'm tired of following that story, I don't think we're getting the truth from anybody. Guardians of the Galaxy, directed by St. Louis's own James Gunn, still tops at the box office. Birthdays today, Andy Murray, the tennis stud, 36. Jamie Lynn Siegler, Meadow Soprano, 42. Ahmet Zappa, son of Frank, 49. Dan Patrick, formerly of ESPN, 67. George Brett, Mr. Pintar, 70. Chaz Palmentieri, a poor man's Robert De Niro, 71. And one of my favorite rock and roll stories, 1971 on the state, 52 years ago, Pink Floyd was playing the Crystal Palace Bowl in London, and the music was so loud, 
the fish in the adjacent pond were killed by the vibra- by the vibrations from the loud music. And I don't know if you saw that story about New Jersey. Some guy is sitting there in his house, and all of a sudden a meteorite crashes right through his roof, and nobody was hurt. But the family did suffer the catastrophic loss of three Adidas tracksuits and a Camaro Z28. And with that, the J.C. Corcoran podcast for Monday, May 15th, 2023, is in the can. We're here every weekday morning at 11. No, we are not abandoning the podcast. We're still doing it. We're just adding a morning radio show on K-Wolf, 101.5 in St. Louis, 101.7 West and beyond. Have a great day. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. Gopher, I am right. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.